0: So as far as staying inspired, I think we just have to love life. And uh, that's, that's where I did hit a wall, is because I was traveling so much and I didn't really have time to just sit still and, and just be with nothing. So uh, my inspiration really comes from wanting to be here in this life.
1: Welcome to Happy Athlete a podcast about overcoming obstacles and sparking change in ourselves and the world. We'll dig into mindfulness, enhancing performance, jumpstarting our passions, and learn tools to be stronger, happier, more grateful, and at peace. Hi everyone, thanks for joining, this is Sean. Welcome to another episode of Happy Athlete. My guest today is Robert Sturman. Robert was the official artist for the 47th Grammy Awards, 2010 FIFA World Cup, and the 2008 Olympics. Robert's work transcends the mere physical and points to something beyond. His powerful work includes B.B. King, the world's oldest yoga teacher, breast cancer survivors, prisoners, and war veterans who have embraced the practice of yoga to heal PTSD. Whether on the Brooklyn Bridge, in the impressionist wing of the Getty, or the desolation of the San Quentin prison, he continually reminds us that there is beauty everywhere. Robert, my friend, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Sean, thanks so much for inviting me.
1: Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. For I have a, I have a ton of questions, but I thought um, I like to start the show uh, going going into like a time machine, just to find, you know, like you know, you know what what makes you tick and I was hoping you could tell us when your passion for photography began.
0: My passion for photography began at, uh, probably around the age of 14. Um, but it took a a lot of years and a lot of trial and error to, for it to develop into a, 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 blossoming passion. But when I was 14, my father dropped me off at boarding school and, um, he gave me my first camera. And, uh, and when I asked him what I was supposed to take pictures of, he responded just kind of absent-mindedly uh, anything that you love, but I remembered that and it turned out to be one of the best pieces of artistic advice I've received to this day. So, but from there, I, I was, it was 14. So, you know, what happens at 14, you discover all the terrible feelings about being human. So photography was kind of my uh, way to claim an identity because I was really searching deeply to, Mm. um, to make sense of the world and make sense of an overwhelming feeling of, uh, empathy and, and, and uncertainty and insecurity and all of the things that, you know, you, you, you grow up and you, you get. <laughs> so eventually over the years, I, I after a lot of trial and error practice, I developed into um, an artist. I learned to speak the language of painting, sculpture, photography, but it wasn't easy. I was I was very clumsy at it for many years and I would get lucky once in a while. And that's when I figured out that it was. It took a lot more than skill and talent to be successful at things. You had to have a, a spirit that had an uncompromising desire to move forward, and that's that's what I learned.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that makes so much sense. You know, like one of the reasons why I'm so intrigued with your work is that there's there's such a strong sense of humanity in it, and it's and it's really clear that you're trying to capture more than the the, the beauty in, in, in a yoga pose. I, I remember when we were in Santa Monica, and we years ago when we when we met, and you mentioned that part of your work is to show that everyone is worthy of being photographed, all sizes, shapes, colors. I, I think you you called it being seen, and and I found that just to be so powerful. Could could you share with us your your artistic approach regarding perfectionism? beauty and b- body image? Cause I think that's what really what makes your work so unique is, is, is that, that, that strong sense of humanity.
0: Yeah. Um, it, basically the magazines will, well, we've been ideologically conditioned to believe in this sort of perfection that really causes so much mental illness. And I wasn't aware of this at the time, but one thing I was aware of when I started as a photographer, and moved into practicing yoga, and then looking around and seeing that it was some of the most beautiful figurative poetry I'd ever seen. And that was around a little earlier than when I met you, actually. And um, when when I started to really look at it and look at the covers of the magazines, I, I noticed that it was so homogenous. Um, and there's a sadness to everything being the same, and everything being this this idealistic uh, um, picture of what we are supposed to look like, and then I remember it. This was around the time when social media was becoming our way of communicating and showing what we what we did in the world, and I remember that um, I would I had early on I had I had really. Sp- Strived for diversity and equality in my work, but it wasn't prominent yet because I was a blossoming artist in that arena. And but I remember being attacked many times. Um, that these skinny girls, or I mean, they would say a lot harsher than that, or you know, just blondes or whatever it was. It was just uh, I would get attacked when when I wasn't doing because people were just angry. People were angry, and they they needed change, and we needed change. And so that, even though it it was uncomfortable at the time to um, be at the the recipient of these attacks, a lot of my followers really stood up for me and and shared that I was you know working in prisons and working with uh, all types of shapes, sizes, colors and people, but that really inspired me, like taking something negative, it inspired me to become way more diversified and and really look at it, you know, rather than fight back, I really examine like, okay, how am I contributing to this? And what can I do? And it just, it, to me, it's exciting, the the diversity of the planet is just, I get so high off of it, just that things are so different and, and vast and and yet we're all the same. And and so I just, I photograph what I love and I love everybody.
1: Mm. You, you mentioned prisons and, and, and I w- wanted to talk to you about that. I, I read somewhere that the first time you're invited into a prison, a prison yoga program, there was an inmate who you connected with. C- could you tell us about that day and and, and, and sure. about your work in the prisons?
0: Yeah, that was a great day because this is about 2010 and uh, my, uh my brother, best friend since childhood uh, was a psychologist in a prison and he invited me, he got the told, showed the warden my work. And so the warden invited me in to document her, her growing yoga program. And at first I, you know, I had been years of watching prison documentaries and uh, a, a show called Oz. I don't know if you remember it, but it was so violent and so bad. All right. And so when I was invited in, I had this perception that, you know, surely I'm going to get s- stabbed or something, you know, definitely something's going to happen. You know, and it took a little, uh, just a second to get over that one. But when, when I went in uh, the first time, I photographed the class and then uh, the, the staff said, hey, is there anyone here that you'd like to work with, um, go around the prison and work with? and I was and so I connected with this one one dude with his big LP tattooed on his chest and uh well actually I connected with a couple of people but this is the, the one that I think that the story that you're looking for um so I chose him and uh cuz he just looked he looked like he was just so badass and he had this phenomenal practice so we went around the prison and you know, what was so interesting about it is that, um, while we were working with we, the guards kind of left us alone on a bench for a few minutes. And I just looked at him like, wait, what are you doing like that? And they said, I remember the guard said, to me. he said, you're safer with him than you are with us. Mm. <laughs> so that's when I really got my first taste of, uh, of, of that kind of situation. And, um. Anyways, we worked for about an hour throughout the prison, maybe longer. And when we were finished, he was so excited, like so fired up that he said, man, I want to do that. And I just was doing my job and just really immersed in, in celebrating his humanity and his practice and his his longing. And um, so I said, do what? And he said, be a yoga model. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, you just were. And, um, and he said, no, you know what I mean? And then, so I went back a couple months later and I brought him a copy of yoga journal in which he had a, a one page his, his one of our photographs filled the page. And, uh, I said, here you go, man. There it is. Th- yeah. Now
1: this, this was San Quentin.
0: No, that was in a place called DVI, which has uh, since closed uh, in Central California. Mm, okay, and um, that would lead to me uh, to James Fox, a Prison Yoga Project, taking notice of my work, and then I would I would become the the lens of Prison Yoga Project. After that, wow,
1: that's fantastic!
0: The first time that I went in is I noticed that I had been doing covers of magazines but one of the things that i noticed and it became very clear to me that is that it didn't matter if a human being was serving a life sentence or they were going to be on the cover of the magazine that the underlying theme of what i felt from everybody is that everybody really had this desire to be seen and to to be to have to be to have the reflection back to them that they exist that they are okay that they are worthy and it didn't matter what person it was. It was it didn't matter, because that was that was the theme.
1: Now I, I know I know you've d- also done a lot of work photographing um, cancer survivors. So um, uh, Yulati Saluti is a, is, a, is 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 one of them. She's a cancer su- survivor that you've photographed. Um, I believe is on your Instagram. I saw that it said twenty six surgeries, I believe. And you've watched your unbelievable journey. And, and w- what could you share with us about your experiences? Being with her,
0: yeah, I'd love to. It was about eight years ago that um, we someone paired us together to 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 work. I don't know how it happened. I guess I was developing a name for myself, and and as somebody that would be the lens to tell these extraordinary stories. And so they met me in Woodstock, New York where I was working at the time, uh, doing a project, a project of shoots for people out there. And, um, we just connected and we did this shoot where I had no idea where we were going. I I never did anything like that. And what happened was we just hung out and then art was born out of that. And that's something that I'm, I'm very adamant about is that my humanity and my ability to connect with people is way more important than my photography skills. Um, Cause I mean, you can learn anything with the, how to do F stops and all. I mean, that's all just stuff you can just train yourself to do, but the real art and the skill is the heart connection with people so that they feel safe enough that they, they want to tell you their story and, and they can free themselves. And so with you, we did this, uh, extensive portfolio that just felt like, um, she was reclaiming her dignity and we were, and we were celebrating the beauty of scars and normalizing it because it is normal. So many people walk around with scars. So that was a beautiful experience. And then just about seven years later, two years ago. Um, we did another shoot where she just looked like just filled with so much joy. Her hair was full and long. Um, she was like completely in, in top physical condition. It just goes to show that with, um, sincerity and intent, I mean, I don't even know what it goes to show. It's just so extraordinary to me that people can transform like that and heal, through their uh, intentions.
1: Has working with, uh, you know, cancer survivors, has that opened up, you know, where you hear from uh, veterans, like like I see in your work that you have um, amputees, or is this, this, like, how has this all grown for you?
0: It just starts with, like, for instance, I was, again, in upstate New York, and a woman probably in, like, 2012, 2013, said, hey, can I do some of the shots in my army uniform and I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. That's cool. And I, you know, I was like the prison. I I just am fascinated with these things that I never had the experience of doing Well, the prison that, I mean, I'm going to be careful of that, but just fascinating. It's fascinating to me, these extraordinary human beings. And so I did that and I did a great job and then I shared it on social media and then newspapers and magazines and blogs and then Veterans Day comes around and, and Memorial Day comes around and all these organizations that were so hungry for a visual that could tell the story because what a photograph is, is a, a photograph is an idea and in my case, they're usually very good ideas. And when people can feel that idea, then what happens is it gets in them on a cellular level, and we remember things that we can feel. And so, with with photographing active duty service members doing a healing practice like yoga and meditation, that people can feel it—it's somewhat—it perpetuates reality and normalizes, and it, it starts to to really. Really become the new normal. Mm.
1: Yeah, it it goes like like when I see the photos, I see your images that are so much more. Like I see like like the veteran a yoga pose, but I don't really see the yoga pose. I see like you know you know the humanity popping out and what's yeah. the story behind all that. And w- which leads me to my next question about like when did you uh, get into yoga? How, when and how did you fall into the yoga practice?
0: I, I took my first yoga class uh, in college freshman um that was one of our extracurricular so i I took my first yoga class so it's just always been around i grew up in los angeles so it's just it's always been around i think i went to yoga works and um uh, when i was 19 years old I, i did a class and and so but it took years to to develop because it's such a it it takes all new muscles and you're not just, for me, it was, it took many years to, to fall in love with the practice and, and not struggle so much through class. I mean, let me tell you something for the first, cause I didn't know like what the difference between level one and level three. And like you mentioned Vinny, he'd laugh at me. Cause I said, I said, man, this isn't like your last class. And he said, well, <laughs> this is a level three. The last one was level one. <laughs> so my intention used to be for the longest time is uh you know how the teacher says set your intention mine was just to make it through the damn class. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz yoga is hard. It yeah. really is. I remember vashistasana whenever I would dread that pose. Now I love it, but I would dread it. It was so hard for me. Like 6 or 7 breaths on side plank. I mean, I was dying. So but once I saw them doing it in San Quentin, I made up my mind that nothing was ever gonna make me come out of that pose. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about like big picture um, art
0: in, in in today's
1: world. What is the role of an artist in our society today?
0: Well, I can tell you my role. And my role is to find what's working in humanity and to focus on that. And work with our evolution rather than be a photojournalist, somebody that just documents what's happening, um, which I've done in, in my life. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm more of a photo evolutionist where I want to take great ideas like what we've discussed, uh, people in the military, which they're going to inevitably experience an astronomical level of trauma um, people in prison which I want to take ideas like that and celebrate them in a way that it does become normalized. And so that's why I focus on that, on seeing the beauty in, in, in so many things from that, from Africa yoga project, uh, doing a project at the Braille Institute and photographing the blind and, um, just on and on and on, those photographing the outliers of, of, uh, of society, and um, and creating this this body of work that is all inclusive. I mean, before this, what uh, peaked with the the George Floyd murder, um, that was my whole platform was inclusivity, equality, diversity, and because we're hungry for it we're We're hungry for that kind of shift. And i I feel like m- using yoga as an example. I mean, um i I would have found this if I only had uh, dance to work with. Yoga just happens to be this the language that I developed that I use to tell this story. And it also happens to be, an incredible practice that can help people a lot, but that's not to say that um, boxing or or, uh, or 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 cycling or, or running is, is can't help us be better people. But I saw this incredible movement of all of humanity in pursuit of being better at being human, and I could use this thing called yoga, which helped me immensely to be. Better, more stable human being, but I could use it to tell this story—a uh, very positive story about human beings that really want to be better at being human. It's beautiful.
1: I uh, my final question was, you know, especially nowadays, a lot of people are struggling to tap into creativity. You know, feeling stuck, and how do you? How do you personally stay inspired? Because you know your your job is you know way in the high level of creativity. So you more than anyone would have that constant struggle. Maybe there's you know actually you know Alan, I'm going to start this over. <laughs> Many people right now are struggling to tap into creativity. How do you personally stay inspired?
0: Well, it changes all the time, and um, I am on a little bit of a uh, a pause right now, where I've stepped back to, because uh, at 50 years old, I um, decided that that it was time to really do the internal work that that I fantasized about doing or had the role of doing, but to really do it. So, as far as staying inspired, I think we just have to love life. And, uh, that's, that's where I did hit a wall is because I was traveling so much and I didn't really have time to just sit still and, and, uh, and just be with nothing. And what we spoke about, uh, before earlier today is, um, about just being nobody and not striving to have, have relevance. So, uh, my inspiration really comes from, from just wanting to be here, uh, in this life. And I think that's so important because, you know, I, all this time I was working with, um, people with trauma and, um, and mental illness was a theme and, and how we all need to heal. And I just, for me, I, I, I found that, wait a minute, I, I fit in with, with all of that and really need to focus on, on on my own well-being and because what happened with uh the world what it made what happened in the last couple of years with the just, just chaos and even before the the pandemic is that i think more and more people were realizing that um that we all have mental challenges like and we can get into some severe spiritual trouble So we have to take care of ourselves and creativity. You know, I I, when I when I went to India the first time there was a uh, it was when I was 30 in the year 2000. And I got myself acclimated by stopping at um, the Osho Meditation Center in Pune. And when I walked through the doors, they had this big sign that said way of the creator. And it said, to be creative is to be in love with life. You can only be creative if you love life so deeply that it's natural for you to offer a poem there, a song over here, a dance over there, a painting over here. And when I read that, I realized that I had truly been ideologically conditioned to believe that Artist had to struggle or no pain, no gain, all this stuff. But when I realized that I could just make my own life a masterpiece, that that with the creativity didn't it was it became effortless to just offer a poem here, a song there. So so really more than ever, I just work on my own self and that keeps creative energy flowing out, whether it's, you know, it could be sweeping the floor it could be how i treat people uh, it's just it's such a great journey when you just start waking up and realizing what's important i appreciate that that's 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 nice makes so much sense
1: it, it's this is the time this is the time for you to plug away so where can they get in touch with you where they where can they I'll,
0: I'll do that but yeah. but but we have to stop right now because not <laughs> because uh I've been holding myself back I could have turned this whole interview around and interviewed you because you my friend <laughs> fascinate me I mean I've like the only I, I don't get very starstruck very often and there's only there's about two people in my work that that I, that I just feel like are, have led these lives and done something that are are so like such a massive test of character. And one is my dear friend, Lieutenant Commander Elizabeth Corwin, who's a frequent and luminous subject in my work, um, an F-18 pilot. Okay. And the other one was a pro kicker. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up. I promise you. Seriously, because it's one of those things where, of all the people out there, that I had this perception of you guys. First of all, it seems like the loneliest job on the planet that <laughs> And there's something about that heroic, courageous endeavor that completely fascinates me. And, uh, so there you have uh, it. Well, I Don't <laughs> well, I appreciate more. that. I'll actually circle that
1: back to what you, how you just uh, what, what you said in, your, in in the last question about like loving life. And I think what what got me as far as I did in, in my kicking career was just the love of of kicking. It never to me was was work. It was just something I just was just pure joy. And I, I never realized this probably in the moment, but then looking back, that's what always just push me to keep going forward whether i had setbacks or not it was just like the love of 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 what i did so it's just it's exactly what you're talking about just seeing the miracles and everything i appreciate that yeah of course cool. all right well hey all right back to you the, you're, you're you you okay. so plug away where can they find you find you on social media go for it
0: yeah well it's just uh rock you can just i'll just keep it simple and do instagram cuz all you can click the link and get everywhere for that. And it's just Robert Sturman.
1: That's it. All right, that's it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone out there. Yeah. Please, please check it out. Um, his, his work is amazing and Robert's easy to get in touch with. Um, it was, it, it was so great to speak with you again, Robert, you know, you're, you're kind of gentle spirit. You know, I, you know, I, I, I'm so lucky that, that we've met, you know, Karen and I are going to be back out there again someday. So I can't wait to see you again. And, um, this was great. I really appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing. And you know, for everyone else out there listening, uh, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. And if there's anyone out there who you think could benefit from this uh, episode, please share. All right, we'll catch up with you all on the next episode. Thanks again.